Because of our special morning this morning, we're going to take a break from our First Samuel series, and I'm going to look at just one verse in 2 Corinthians. So turn your Bibles, your mobile devices to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. It's uh, the most vulnerable of all of Paul's letters. He's being attacked continually. He's being attacked as a weak apostle, as ineffective. And in the process of replying to those attacks, he actually gives all of us great wisdom of how each one of us can be effective, useful, and fruitful in serving Jesus Christ and his kingdom. During this service, we had a Presbytery uh, commission, and we installed DAX and PD. In the first service, we received new members. So whether you're a new member, an old member, a new minister, an old minister, we're all called to serve Jesus Christ by being engaged in kingdom work. And that's what Paul is going to give us wisdom about this morning. Before we look at the text, I want to tell you a story I heard this week by a fellow pastor. He was gifted uh, by some ancestor uh, this, this silver tea set. And it was, it was old, it was valuable, it was exquisitely crafted. The only problem was, even though it was worth a lot of money, he couldn't actually use it for what it was created for. It seems that the ancestor who had willed it down through the family line had had it coated with a certain kind of chemical. And this chemical kept the silver from tarnishing, but unfortunately, it also kept the silver from being ever able to be touched by water. They could never be washed. So all the silver tea set could do was sit on a stand and look pretty. It couldn't even fulfill the purpose for which it was created. What do you think God's looking for when it comes to servants in His church? Do you think He's looking for people that look good? That seem to have the greatest gift package? Or is God looking for the ordinary, the simple, clay pots, cracked, fragile, chipped, but yielded to the Holy Spirit that we might be used to bear fruit for the kingdom? Paul's real clear on the answer. God's not looking for silver tea sets to stand on a shelf and look nice. He's after those everyday fragile clay pots that hold incredible treasure. Let's all stand out of reverence for God's Word. Again, I'm just going to read one verse, but one verse that is packed with punch for service. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 7. Hear the Word of God. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. May God bless the hearing and teaching of His inspired, 
infallible, inerrant, and authoritative word. This is God's word. He gave it to us because he loves us, and he longs for you and for me to be useful, effectual servants in his kingdom. Let's pray. God, we do want to be used. Deep down, all of us know that. But Lord, we feel so often so inadequate, so unworthy, whether we're a new minister or a new member, whether we're old ministers or old members, God, we ask that you would open our hearts to receive your truth and we would serve you in love. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Go ahead and have a seat. So what makes for effective service? Four truths that flow from this one verse that we need to be reminded of constantly if we're to offer ourselves for effectual service. First of all, remember the treasure of grace while you're serving. Again, in verse 7, the first few words, we have this treasure. What treasure? Well, if you read the whole context, it's the treasure of the message of the gospel of grace. It is the treasure of the message of the person and work of Christ. The theme in our worship all morning long has been that there's nothing more beautiful. There's nothing more precious. There's nothing more valuable than knowing and being known by Jesus. Jesus is the treasure. And if Jesus isn't your treasure, then there's never going to be motivation to serve in the kingdom of God. Is Jesus your treasure? Is he the most precious person and relationship in your life? Paul says we have this treasure. Why is, why is Jesus so precious? Well, because he saves us from our sin. He offers forgiveness. He offers to pull us out of the domain of darkness under the rule of sin and Satan and death and to transfer us to the kingdom of light. He offers the treasure of daily resurrection, becoming newer and newer every day by his power. It's the treasure of knowing God, walking in the fullness of the Spirit, becoming the people that God has always meant us to be. The first principle of usefulness and effectiveness in serving the kingdom, whether you're a new minister or whether you're a new member or have been a Christian for many, many years, is we must remember the treasure of grace. You probably know that uh, boiling vegetables actually causes the vegetables to lose about a third to a half of their entire, nu entire nutritional content. It just stays in the water while you eat the vegetables. You've also probably heard of the cartoon VeggieTales. Bob the tomato, Larry the cucumber, very popular 
in the early 2000s. Well, NBC decided they were going to add VeggieTales to their cartoon lineup on Saturday mornings. The problem was Bob the Tomato and Larry the Cucumber were cooked. All of their, all of their relevance to the gospel was removed. And when NBC executives were asked what was going on, they said, well, we're trying to aim for a broader audience. We don't want to take just one particular religious view into account. They boiled Bob and Larry. There is no nutritional value to VeggieTales apart from the treasure of the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We are not out to win popularity contests. We are not even out to win culture wars. What we're out to do is show people the beautiful treasure who is Jesus Christ. Do you have such a love for the Savior and an appreciation for your salvation that you realize you have such a treasure to share with others. Remember the treasure of grace while serving. Secondly, remember the weakness of humanity while serving. Look at the next phrase. We have treasure, the treasure of grace, the treasure of the personal work of Christ, in jars of clay. That's not just a Christian music group. It was a metaphor that Paul knew very, very well because it was common in the first century to hide valuables, to hide treasure in a place where a thief who broke into steel might not think to look. And so they would use these very ordinary clay pots to hide the treasure in. And Paul says that's exactly what God has done with us. We're just ordinary. And a matter of fact, we're fragile. And whether we realize it or other people do, we're all chipped. We're all cracked. We're all broken. But the beauty of understanding kingdom work is that God delights in using cracked pots. God delights in using the ordinary to reveal the extraordinary. Human weakness does not keep you from being effective in ministry and service. Human weakness actually qualifies you for effective ministry and service. We've probably, many of us, heard of the classic rock group, Queen, many hits over the years. Their lead guitarist is a man named Brian May. As of a month ago, Sir Brian May, as he was just knighted by King Charles in the middle of March. Not only is he Sir Brian May, but the lead guitarist for Queen has a Ph.D. in astrophysics. He's not a dummy, folks. When he was growing up in the 60s, he wanted an electric guitar. 
but they were hundreds of dollars, and the May family couldn't afford it. Now, Brian's dad, his name is Harold, he was an electrical engineer, and he was sort of a hacker. He liked trying to invent things, and he thought it would be a great idea if he, Harold, and his son, Brian, spent some time on a father-son project trying to create a lead guitar, electric guitar, that Brian could use. He just started this new group, and he wanted to be able to play his own instrument. So the neck of the guitar was taken from a 100-year-old worm-eaten fireplace mantle. They cut it down to size, and Brian actually filled the wormholes with matchsticks. Then the body of the guitar was made out of some plywood, out of an oak table, and a a mahogany finish. And they put it all together, and they got some plastic shelving to protect the outside of the guitar. For the... uh, the music arm that, that, that tightens and loosens the string that changes the pitch. They used knitting needles, and the guitar was born. It's called the Red Special. Auctioneers say it perhaps is the most valuable guitar in the entire world. Probably worth well over several million dollars. Brian May still uses it. He used it on every single hit Queen ever produced. He won't get rid of it. It'll probably end up in a museum. So ordinary. Made out of ordinary things. A father-son project that's impacted the world. Maybe sometimes you feel like just a bunch of pieces of various items about to be thrown away but put together in your life to become a servant of God. And you need to realize, if you know Jesus, you are part of the greatest father-son project ever engaged in. And the Father has recreated you in Christ. And what makes for effective ministry is not even necessarily what you're made of, but that you're a father-son project of the eternal God and he wants to play the music of the gospel through you. Weakness doesn't disqualify you. It qualifies you as you offer yourselves afresh to God for kingdom work. Remember the treasure of grace. Remember the weakness of your humanity. Thirdly, remember the power of God while serving. Next phrase, in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God. That Greek word for surpassing is where we get our word hyperbole. What does it mean to speak in hyperbole? It means to speak in exaggeration, right? It means to make things sound crazy in order to make a point. And Paul calls it the hyperbolic power of God. Only when it comes to God, it's impossible to speak in hyperbole. 
It is impossible to speak too highly of the immeasurable greatness of the power of God. In Ephesians 1, Paul says this power that's at work in us is like the power that the Father exercised when he raised Christ from the dead. If you know Christ, that power is at work in you. God's power is at work in you to make your service and ministry effective. And then earlier in the chapter, Paul writes about how the treasure of grace in us is similar to when God, when there was nothing in eternity past, spoke and flung by the word of his power out of nothing a billion galaxies into existence. And God says that creative and recreative power is at work through us. So as we offer the treasure of Jesus Christ and his finished work to other people, that God by his power of recreative work is able to turn death backwards. And it is primarily when and as we acknowledge our weakness we acknowledge our unworthiness, that the power of God most shines through. Again, God is not interested in good-looking, polished, silver tea sets. He's after ordinary clay pots in order that Christ might receive the glory. One of the things I love about the Super Bowl every year are the commercials, right? My favorite Super Bowl commercial of all time, 2011. You hear the Darth Vader theme music from Star Wars. And you see this little guy dressed up like Darth Vader with the black helmet and the black cape. And the music is playing. And he's going around the entire house trying to move things with the force. And he comes to the dryer nothing. He goes to the family dog. Nothing. He goes throughout the entire house. He goes into his sister's bedroom, and there's a doll on the bed. Nothing. He goes downstairs. He's completely dejected. He's just sitting there on the countertop of the kitchen, and, and his dad drives in, and he runs outside past his dad. His dad comes inside, and he goes to the Volkswagen Jetta, and he goes, bah, bah, and all of a sudden, the blinkers turn on, and the car starts, and he jumps back. And he's like, he's looking all around like, what just happened? Like, I really didn't think this was going to work. Well, we, of course, know what happened, right? The father had the electric ignition, and when the son did this, the father clicked the ignition and the car started. The point is, there was no power in that little boy at all. The power was all in the father's hand. And that's the way it is with ministry and service. It's not up to you to muster up the power. God will work through you as you offer the treasure of grace in the weakness of your humanity. And then that leads to the last truth I want us to remember, and that is the freedom of ministry. 
The surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. What's the freedom of ministry? The pressure's off. It's not up to you to produce fruit. It's up to the Spirit to produce fruit through us. Look, all we can do is offer the treasure. Only God can create the fruit of people drinking deeply of Christ. Do you realize how freeing that is? Do you realize that you don't need to to have scores of years of training? Now, certain folks, like our new ministers, they need unique training because they're in unique kinds of ministry. But by and large, we don't need all kinds of training to be involved in kingdom work because it is God who bears fruit through the simple treasure of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Don't put on pressure that you're not supposed to bear. Don't put more on you. See, the enemy is constantly saying, you don't have what it takes. You don't have the training. You don't have the knowledge. You don't have the skills. You don't have the capacity. It's not true. Because it's up to God to produce fruit. God delights in taking weak, ordinary unskilled people. Just look at the disciples. And through them, God turned the world upside down. So we don't serve Christ under an overwhelming pressure to perform. As a matter of fact, because of the gospel, we're actually free to fail. You're you're free to fall flat on your face. And that freedom to fail leads to a freedom to attempt. So many of the great things in life only occurred after massive failure. So are you willing to fail? I mean, what does the gospel mean if we're not willing to fail? Jesus died for failures. Many of you know who uh, Elon Musk is. He's uh, not only got the, the car company, but he's also uh, has SpaceX. And they've been trying to engineer uh, rocket boosters that instead of just exploding or going out in space and burning up or, or falling back to earth in smithereens, they actually try to program them to, to come back down land on land or or on a barge at sea and reuse them. And in order to encourage their engineers, they created this two-minute video. And the video is called How Not to Land an Orbital Rocket Booster. And he wanted to give all the engineers and all the workers, he wanted to give them freedom to fail. And so it's set to music, and it's all the ways that these rocket boosters that are supposed to land safely have exploded into magnificent destruction. And then there's a caption under each time one of these orbiters explode. For instance, 
there's, uh, there's one where uh, a rocket booster has come to the ground, and Elon Musk is walking around it, uh, you know, a little bit of time after it exploded, and he says, eh, I think it's just a scratch. What do you think? Then there's another where it explodes, and the caption says, well, technically, it did land, just not in one piece. And, and this is my favorite. Elon Musk has come up with this saying, whenever uh, a rocket booster explodes instead of landing the way it's supposed to, he calls it a rapid, unscheduled disassembly, not an explosion. And out of all those failures... They've experienced now success after success after success after success. Still salt and peppered at times with failures, but the point is this. Failure is not fatal, folks. Failure is not fatal. I I almost say to our staff, if if you don't show me in a certain particular 12-month period how you've fallen flat in your face in failure because you tried something that didn't work, I'm not sure you're doing your job. We need to be free to fail. If you were free to fail as a servant in God's kingdom, what would you attempt? Remember in your ministry, your service, your Christian lives, the Holy Spirit does the heavy lifting. It's not up to you. You just offer yourself weakness and all to the Spirit as you bear witness to the treasure of the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. May we all serve Christ and the kingdom with a boldness that the world simply cannot understand. Let's pray. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for one verse that could have so much packed in it. And God, we do ask that we would be effective servants for Jesus Christ. Every one of us, there's not one of us that's to be on the sidelines. There's not one of us that's to be in a china cabinet looking good and not doing anything. So, Lord, where necessary, grant us repentance. Grant us fresh faith in Christ. Lord, if there's anybody here this morning that doesn't know Jesus Christ, we pray that today would be the day they transfer their trust from their own efforts at works righteousness and would receive the righteousness that comes by faith in Jesus Christ. And then, Lord, we pray that all of us here would get engaged. Lord, we pray for Juan Vasquez as he's our mobilization pastor, as he tries to get more and more of our membership mobilized in ministry. God, we pray this would be another motivation, another inspiration for us to get involved and engaged. God, thank you that you use cracked pots. Thank you that you use fragile, ordinary people. And so, God, use us. And we pray especially for Dax and PD, that uh, you would use them as they begin their ministry tenure here at Oak Mountain. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's all stand and hear the benediction. The promise of God's love, favor, and grace upon our lives Uh, as we seek to serve him day in and day out as ordinary people. And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God our Abba Father 
and the fellowship and transforming power of the Holy Spirit be with you now and always. Amen.